Uh, I believe that the diet I'm on right now will prevent Parkinson's, will prevent cancer, will prevent uh, a lot of different things because of how much, I cannot tell you how much inflammatory uh, foods I was eating and how I don't do that now. I'm not perfect. You didn't know, right? No, this is the point I want people to get. Yeah. Because when, when people think about inflammatory foods, they might go, well, I've got a good diet. Right. I mean, I, I remember I this. Too. I've right. been on a health, I've been a health nut for 40 years, right? And I can clearly remember, I mean, I talked about this with Dr. Gundry. I was, you know, I did the Pritikin diet and I did things that, you know, people who were alive today have never even heard of these guys. Right. Gundry knew who they were because we're, we're around the same age. But, you know, my diet was very, very healthy, but there was for up until five years ago, that included black rice, brown rice, red sure. rice, yeah. and yeah. all the things that we think of as healthy. Right. That are like, eh. right. Totally. So it's, it's a new classification of understanding of healthy because I, you know, as I said to Gundry, I can remember when I was a kid and my mother said, we have to eat healthier. We've got to have the margarine instead of the butter. Yeah, that's right. Oh, I, I remember that. Totally right. remember that. Like, you know, uh, oh, uh, you mustn't eat eggs. They're bad for you. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, that is so true. It is so true. And I mean, like, yeah, I was eating uh, cashews, like a bag a day, which are terrible from an inflammatory press. I ate beans and all the brown rice and brown pastas and brown breads and brown and anything, uh, whole wheats, which... Uh, I mean, that, that's been the easiest thing to give up. They're all the, the greens. Really? Like, I, I don't miss them at all. I don't want them. Um, yeah, the, you know, um, I'm also allergic to dairy. I eat dairy every single day of my life until basically two and a half years ago. Well, so, you were saying that when you were first diagnosed and you were having problems, you were drinking milkshakes. And you're oh, yeah. to dairy. So you're drinking yeah. milkshakes because well, you can swallow those. Right. I still <laughs> drink them. They're avocado. Now it's water, avocado, and, you know, I use some of Dr. Gundry's formulas. But, yeah, that's my shake now, right? Not dairy. <laughs> right. right. Um, and, by the way, you can imagine my skin was a mess. I mean, I was going to dermatologists every, every you know, twice a year. I was having problems. My skin, I was breaking out from the time. And the funny thing is, it's from the time I was like 12 until two and a half years ago. I got on this diet. I have literally not seen the dermatologist in two and a half years. I have no, like, it wasn't zit or you know, pimples or anything. It was these crazy rashes would break out over my faces because I was eating all these foods. I don't eat them now and I don't have any problems anymore. So that that's that one side. And the other side was, what are you going to do about the disease? And it, I even said this on the podcast uh, that we did on your business podcast, but the ignorance of an entrepreneur is a, is a beautiful thing because I'm just too stupid to know what I was about to uh, embark on um, was, you know, crazy and far-fetched and probably shouldn't be done, but I'm an entrepreneur and I just didn't care. And I'm pretty, I'm a, didn't you know, know, right? I'm, a, I'm a bull in a China shop when I get my mind to something. And so, um, I pronounced on Inc. Mag, I wrote an article on Inc. and said, I'm going to find a cure. I laid out the disease and said, I'm going to find a cure. And uh, a researcher picked it up, taught to uh, introduce me to a guy at Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore. He had worked on the disease for 20 years. He said, well, let's put a team around you, see what we can do. 
We've got a team of 20 something doctors around me now for the last three years. We've worked together. We got FDA approval on a clinical trial, the first ever clinical trial. Um, and uh, the hospital signed off on it. And then in this past fall, um, I started the first ever clinical trial. It's not even really called a clinical trial. It's called a compassionate use. It's like three rungs below a clinical trial. It's just easier for the layman to say clinical right. trial. And the doctor basically said, you know, when he told me this, I said, am I the guinea pig? And he said, oh, no, 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 please don't say that. And I go, well, I'm the guinea pig. And he goes, okay, you're the guinea pig, but don't say that. <laughs> and uh, they basically, this past fall, I went into Hopkins Day, uh, extracted stem cells out of my thigh muscle. Um, that it is That is now being grown in a stem cell clinic lab in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, hopefully sometime in 2020, um, I will go over back to Hopkins. They will inject those stem cells from its skeletal muscle stem cells out of my thigh muscle. They will inject those into my esophagus to hope to reconnect the muscle fibers and regenerate the nerves and get muscle function in my esophagus again. We have no idea if it'll work. Uh, it's never been done before, never been done on humans much, or, or animals. Um, and we just have no clue. Um, I mean, th they wouldn't do it unless they said, we, you know, they've seen this in a different test with sure. animals, uh, but it was down in like the anal cavity and the, the muscles that contract to go to the bath, you know, to, to mm -hmm. take a dump, right? And they have seen some improvement in that function with animals. So they're like, well, it's the same muscle. So let's see right. if we can do it in humans. So that's where I am. Uh, it's the first ever, like, you know, first ever time it's been done. We have no idea, like I said, if it'll work. Um, and if it doesn't work, that's okay. I, I'll go to plan B. I don't know what plan B will be, but I'll tell you this. I'm 45. I know by the time I'm 65, I will, I will have my, I will, if I, as long as I can keep my esophagus in place, keep the diet going, keep it in place. It doesn't have to be removed. Uh, there will be a cure. There'll be something. The technology is just moving too rapid right now. There are too many things that are coming into the healthcare space. Uh, I'm going to try this. It may work. It may not. Uh, it may lead to something that does work down the road for maybe somebody else. But uh, whatever happens, I'm in. I'm, uh, in. Some bad things could happen. You can get tumors out of this. Uh, I know all the risks. Um, and I'm still going to do my best to go after it. You know, it's it, it's an interesting transition to something I wanted to talk about um, because, you know, the, the, you're doing this experimental treatment, which is with stem cells. I know that the first run got contaminated. Yeah. Uh, and so that must have been a pretty devastating thing to happen, right? No, then, it wasn't. It wasn't. It no? was to be. Nope, nope, nope. But there, there was a signal from from the uh from the universe saying not your time yet so I, i'm okay. actually i'm kind of good with whatever happens in life so that just right. said okay so i went back the second time in the sure. fall in eight weeks and they have not everything is going great so far so well so because that brings me to to an interesting point um that we you and i touched on before we even we got started and that is um i i wanted to talk a little bit about china um, mm -hmm. and, uh, because I know with your political connections, no yeah. so you have that understanding. Um, and one of the things that I find very fascinating, and I've talked about this on other shows as well, is that 
I believe we are without shadow of a doubt. And I spoke about this in 1989 for people mm. who think I'm sort of wacky doodles. Um, and I said, the rise of the new Chinese empire is upon us and the fall of the American empire in the form that we know it is, is already on the way out. Yeah. And one of the ways that that is, is the case is with AI, artificial intelligence yeah. and stem cell technology. And because the moral code is different, and when the moral code is different, then the, the uh, <clears throat> stringent laws around what you can and cannot do are different. And you know, with um, eugenics and all kinds of crazy yeah. shit going on in China that we know about, if you pay attention. Um, but it's also the place that is going to have the most ad advanced technology around things like your what you've been battling so you know when you think about stem cells i know there's some of the work going on in the u.s right now with some of it canada's pretty much shut down since um uh, since we got our latest prime minister who is you know he's under a lot of pressure to not go down that road and they've stopped a lot of it a lot of it was being used for cosmetic work you know sure. for um yep. skin enhancements and things yep. like that um, but there's a much deeper uh, medical technology of it. <clears throat> when you decided to move into that, so again, this is like something like the psychedelics, a whole other world yeah. right, with the stem cells. Was that something that was for you, you had any familiarity with? Did you look at or consider places like China or, mm -hmm. you know, tell us about that. Where, where did that go? Yeah, I mean the the I you know it was it's called the moonshot. Uh, this pursuit I have. I've, uh, if you go to a Medium, um, you know where you can write. I have a Medium page, and I've written a, a 10, 11 part series on it. And in the process of doing that, yeah, I mean I it was actually in, so this all occurred started to occur at the Abundance 360 conference led by a guy named Peter Diamandis. Mm -hmm. who's the chairman of the X Prize and business partners with Elon Musk and all these things. And, and Singularity uh, he, University. Yeah, that's right, Singularity. Like that. And he got mm -hmm. on stage and told everybody at a business conference to take out their notebook and write a moonshot. And I, my moonshot was about my health. Right. And then there was a guy at the conference that spoke uh, named Neil Riordan, uh, who is uh, one of the probably most advanced stem cell clinics in the world treating diseases and it's out of Panama and um, he was there and so I of course like I do at all these things I stalked him um, and uh, started trying to talk to him and this is where uh, uh, Mel Gibson the actor uh, he's gone there Mel, he, his 90 year old father uh, went there and had unbelievable results. Uh, Tony Robbins goes there. It's sort of where everybody in Hollywood is now going. Um, right. They do IV and injection, depending on what you're trying to look for. Um, so I met with Neil. We had a long meeting. I talked to his team. We put, you know, he kind of put a team around me. This is all in the very early stages back in 2017. Um, and ultimately, they couldn't find anybody that would inject stem cells into my esophagus. Uh, the only mm. way they would do it is if they did an IV. And it just 
didn't add up for me that there would be an IV that would cure an esophageal disease. I, I just didn't buy that from a commonsensical standpoint. You didn't think that, I just want to make sure we understand. So you didn't think that it could transport from the IV injection directly to the esophagus and you thought that it could go elsewhere and cause tumors or whatever no, it might I didn't be. Think it, no, it doesn't. It, that it will not cause tumors and it'll it would probably relieve a lot of inflammation in my body. I just didn't think it would cure my esophageal disease. It just, so you just felt like it had to go direct. I yeah. I feel like I needed right. to get direct injection. So then right. I talked to a stem cell clinic out of the Bahamas uh, that was Ooh. run by American doctors, but because they can't do it in the States, they had set up this Bahamian uh, mm -hmm. clinic and they found uh, an esophageal doctor in florida and he said he was willing to do it and i interviewed him and about the same time that i was interviewing him this is when the johns hopkins stuff came and then yeah. i just said well of all three options this guy at hopkins has studied this disease for 25 years mm -hmm. he knows everything about it if he thinks and everybody else, the, the, it was funny, in Panama, they wanted to use stem cells that were not mine, but they were placental stem cells mm -hmm. that they you know, had taken. Uh, the Bahamas wanted to take fat stem cells out of my gut and inject them into my esophagus. The guy at Hopkins said he wanted to take skeletal stem cells because skeletal skin, stem cells work with smooth muscle, which works in the esophagus. And the guy had worked for 25 years. So I, those are my three options that I worked right. through. And that's what I decided to pursue was the one that had the backing of the, F, the Federal Drug Administration of the United States, the, the hospital itself. It doesn't mean it's going to work, but I, that's sort of the process I went through. I did look around. I didn't look in China or the Philippines or Thailand or anything like that because there's a lot of experimental surgeries going on there. Um, I, I focused on the one in Panama is really legit, like totally legit. Um, and you know, people can look it up, but, um, it, it didn't fit what I was looking for. So, and all of this is out of pocket for me. Like, yeah. Thinking, yeah. So it was like, you know, I had to, I, the wallet part is secondary to the cure, but I had to say it also helped me focus what I believe would work, would give me the best chance to succeed because I got to pay for this out of my own pocket, which is not cheap. No, no, not at all. Wouldn't be cheap anywhere, but certainly in the U.S., right? That's definitely right. going to be some crazy money. Even Elizabeth Warren's plan wouldn't cover that one. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Right, so, yeah. so the, from, just to give you a little bit of background on this before I ask you this question, because um, I think you know, Phil, because you and I had talked about this, that... Um, the work that I do with high level leaders, we go yeah. to root cause. Yeah. So the people I'm working with, you know, we're looking for not just that purpose, but you know, I can say on this show, we're looking for sole purpose. Like what is the thing that they came to the planet to do? And invariably, invariably, that is never, I've never come across it anyway, uh, found in passion or in joy. It is always found in pain. It's mm. found in the thing you, you, have carried with you your entire life, or as I call it, your one red thread that has been weaved throughout your life. And I honestly, truly, deeply believe that 
if it, and my experiences and research is that if you don't find a healthy outlet for that thing, it will have an unhealthy outlet because it just has to outlet. <laughs> so the it very thing that really is really smart, yeah. And I right, can so, say that's 100% right. Okay. Right. So, so very often I will have a client that I work with because you know the kind of people that I work with. Very often uh, I have a client who has been diagnosed with something, you know, something horrendous. And guess what? There's always a perfect time, always. And they go, you know, and they'll always go, how did I not see this? Because it's clearly there. Right. So we were talking about, uh, and sometimes it's not uh, a disease. Sometimes it's something else altogether. Sure. It's a profession. So as an example, uh, you and I were talking about somebody who who I know before we went on air, yeah. who's become a good friend of mine. And he he's in the marketing world and he does things in the marketing world. And when he was on the show, we talked about um, his background and how he'd grown up and he'd grown up as a brown kid in LA, mixed race kid in LA. And I said, what was the most common feeling? And he said, I just felt like I was invisible. Mm. And I kept talking about how your purpose is hidden in your pain. And he, and he said on the show, Every time you say that, I want to back up. He goes, I don't like that. I don't want to believe that. And, and at the end of the show, he's like, damn, it's so true. Because I said to him, what is the thing you do? And he goes, well, I help people to become iconic. I help them yeah, to not, stand out. Not invisible, right? Not being invis invisible. And he goes, yeah. oh, my God, that's it. Yeah. Yes. You're healing your pain yeah. with your purpose. That's what we do. The reason I'm giving you all that background is because here you are, and I'm hearing, because it's me and how I think, this parallel universe. And in one universe, there is the physical. Okay, you know, this diagnosis. And right. on the other side, hey, I'm an asshole. And I've realized I've been a narcissistic tool. And I've got to do something about that because maybe I want to have a family and I really love this woman and maybe I want that to evolve and I've got to change. And I'm wondering if you noticed a connection at, at, at the beginning or is it, have you noticed it further along or, or is it not in your mind got fully tied together yet? You're good. You're good. Uh, yes. Thank you. Um, it, uh, this, let me go back to the MDMA. What, did I figure out through my psychedelic ther therapeutic session? It was that my entire life had been based on one thing, rejection. Mm -hmm. So I have felt rejection on all fronts, on all things my entire life, everywhere from not making sports teams, um, a lot of that, I'm simplifying it a lot. Sure. Um, on a lot of every front you could imagine. Um, I want to be protective of people I do care about, but they, th this is something that has uh, been a part of my whole life was that I w was rejected a million different ways, a million different times as a kid. It's the muscle I learned was how it was that I was being rejected. What I learned in that MDMA therapy session was that at a certain point, I got old enough that I could have power and I became the rejector. Like the abuser or the abused becomes the abuser. Mm -hmm. And I rejected 
people. That behavior we talked about earlier all came out of me just wanting to reject everybody and they have to feel the pain I felt, right? And I did Absolutely. this with people I loved and I did yep. uh, not good things in that regard. When I look at my own business, it's why, by the way, the good side of it, there's always like, it always happens for a reason, is that I'm an entrepreneur that can do rejection. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. this is why I'm an entrepreneur. Because I, I, rejection is just something I've been used to my whole life. And as an entrepreneur, you better get ready for some lonely rejection, right? So, but if I'm to look at my business, I'm always so obsessed with getting my marketing, the clients that we market, the businesses we market it for. I'm obsessed with having them build real relationships with their customers. Why? Because I don't want them to be rejected. All like, just like you nailed, I never thought about this. So thank you to you. I'm very grateful. Yeah, it's the core focus of my whole life. I, I'm very, I, I've learned this. Not everything is rejection. A lot of things became rejection that weren't. If my wife doesn't agree with me on something and she pushes back, that's not rejection. That's just her having a different opinion. Uh, if my little girl wants to not do things with me on a, you know, after school one day, that's not rejection. She wants to go do what she wants to do. I interpreted all that early up, early, you know, many, many years ago as that, but that's not what it is. So for me, I always wanted relationships and the relationship was based on, I just hope they don't reject me, which mm -hmm. leads to neediness and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm not wired that way now at all. And I got, a, I mean, I, I've done a ton of work. And I would tell anybody looking at psychedelic therapies, you got to go do work on yourself before you go do it. it, it don't, yeah. this is not a cure. This is not a get rich quick pill or a get healthy quick pill. It, it is, I did six, seven years of psychology and work on myself before I went to do this. So I was capable of taking what I learned and in, integrating it. And that's really what I've really done over the last year is, is to integrate all of that stuff. But it all comes down to rejection. And if I, you're right, I think everything, the reason I love marketing is because it is the ability to overcome rejection. Yeah. If it doesn't have a healthy outlet, it will have an un unhealthy outlet. Um, and in the work that we do, you know, my clients literally fly in and spend 24 hours straight in my home with me. Mm. And we go deep very deep for 24 hours. Never had anybody get sleepy, by the way. Uh, you know, they've needed a cup of coffee, but they're not like, oh my God, I got to sleep. Right. And we go tw up to 24 hours straight. And then I work with them for a year, solid. Wow. <clears throat> After that, to integrate what happened. And, and there is always a point where they go, oh my God, I feel high. I, I, a good friend of mine who was one of, the, one of the, my original people to go through it. And I told him, I said, you're going to be a point where you feel high. And Damien says, Dove, you know how many drugs I've done? And I said, I do. <laughs> oh, and it's said, true, though. I know And, he, and he, yeah. said, he said, there's no way. And we're about 4 a.m., right? So we're mm. about 20 hours in. And he said, uh, he goes to the bathroom and he comes back. He goes, oh, my God, look at my pupils. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, I am ripped. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I know. And he goes, how is that possible? I go, because when you're stoned on drugs, there is a chemical response inside of your brain yeah. that happens. 
the technology I'm using, the way that I work with you, I'm inside your subconscious mind and I've changed the neural cascade. So you are now high. We're in your unconscious mind. He's like, holy crap, this is amazing. Now, here's what's interesting about it is we always find these connections. And as I said, there's always a theme that runs through. So, you know, you thanked me. So I'm going to ask you for permission to go a little bit further. Is it okay? Uh, you can do whatever you want. I'm good. Okay. As an entrepreneur, you talked about how you've had to learn to deal with uh, rejection. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a core skill of entrepreneurs, right? So when you get rejected, what, did, what is the most common thing that people say to you about being rejected? Not to you personally, Phil, but to, to anybody. When, when somebody gets rejected, we tell them to... How do we try and pacify them? We tell them to get over it, right? Yeah, yeah, we yeah, yeah. We use terms like that. What else do we say? <laughs> uh, what else can I do? Uh, you know, for me, again, this goes back to no, my... But what do we say to that person to give them help? So we say, you know, you got to get over it. You got to, you know... Oh, oh, that gets rejected. Yeah. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's all right. You'll figure it out. Just uh, keep working hard, all that kind of stuff. You'll get, I mean, I mean, I have to do this as the leader of my company because my, my team sometimes feels rejection. So we kind of, you know, how do I handle that with them? Do I stone can them I, or do I teach them? Can I, give it, can I give it you directly? I'd love it. The psychological messages, just swallow it. You couldn't swallow it anymore. Mm. that's what happened mm -hmm. that's the psychological connection you couldn't swallow it anymore you couldn't swallow the rejection anymore and just stuff it down swallow mm -hmm. it down mm -hmm. shove it down you couldn't do it anymore mm -hmm. psychologically at a soulful level it wasn't possible so you can't swallow it anymore Right. You needed the physical metaphor in your own body to make it come home. Because if it's only at the same level as you got it, you won't recognize it. It has to be massive. Before I fell, I talked about, I would tell people about, you need to crack open your ego. I fell off a mountain and landed on my head. Or as I like to say, I fell 120 feet off a self-imposed pedestal and landed on my ego. Mm-hmm. It's a physical metaphor. It's very real. You couldn't swallow it anymore. And because you've stopped swallowing rejection and instead you deal with rejection, which is, okay, I feel rejected. Let me be with the feeling. Yeah. Let me not, let me, let me just be with the feeling. Totally. Cause, cause yeah. most people would go the other way. They go, Oh, well, so now I, you know, rejection doesn't get it to me. Cause you know, I realize it isn't, it isn't rejection. That's true, but are you feeling rejected? Yes, then feel the feeling because you've lost the feeling of swallowing. So feel the feeling, yes. feel it, be with it, and it suddenly doesn't have power over you right. because it's temporary. But if you don't feel it and you swallow it, it's no longer temporary. It's stuck in your system. That's the metaphor. It is. Uh... As and as yes, and let me explain to you how I did that. Um, I drank. That's how I dealt with my rejection. Sure. If, if I'm to look at like my wife loves a good glass of wine, 
loves it. There's a feeling she gets from it. I don't get a feeling. I'm trying to numb the pain. Yep. That's what I, and I wasn't in some kind of crazy alcoholic, but I would come home and if I felt a lot of rejection that day, there were a couple beers going down my throat. Sure. And because I wasn't trying to, oh, this beer tastes so good. No, uh, uh, I was trying to numb the pain. I was trying to, I was not trying to swallow it. And what I've learned in addition to this disease is, well, alcohol is not really good for me. I'll, I'll partake every once in a while. <laughs> right. But I have to swallow this now. I, if a day, if I have a really stressful day, things don't go. If I have a bad day with a relationship with someone, I need to sit in it. I can't drink it away. I have to feel it. I have to feel that pain. I have to process it instead of not processing it. The only way I'm going to get better is to do that. So I've probably cut 80%, 90% of uh, alcohol out of my life. My wife and I had our anniversary last, you know, last night. Man, I had a glass of wine, but I felt that. That was a good feeling. Like It's a celebratory feeling. Um, but man, did I ever... Uh, that that was the way I did it, really, for for forever and ever and ever. It's amazing, and I appreciate huh? that. It is swallowing. You're 100 percent right. Right, it's it's amazing. And and in 35 years of doing this work on my clients, you know, and having to face it myself, it never ceases to amaze me the connection, the resonant connection between the body and the mind and uh. the emotion. And people talk about, yeah, well, there's a body mind connection. You have no idea. You don't get it. Because they go, oh, you know, no, no. It's so deeply psychological. Yeah. It's so deeply psychological. What is showing up here is showing up at every possible level. Your weight that you can't lose isn't because you can't lose weight. It's got nothing to do with your calories. Yes, those are, those are adding to it. But it's the psychological drivers, the pain you have in your back has got nothing to do with your vertebrae. Please don't have surgery. <laughs> it's not that. It's psychological. Well, do you mean it's psychosomatic? No, not psychosomatic, psychological. It's different. It's connected to you at a deep level. It's a metaphor. It's telling you something. So think about my own disease. I'll ask you this question. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was eating things for my entire life I shouldn't have eaten. Of course. Um, and, and that created an unhealthy gut, a microbiome. That microbiome turning. How much do you believe that the stress of that everyday feeling of rejection, never feeling really loved or anything like that, how much do you think that played into, not my brain, into my gut, into the autoimmune disease that attacked my gut. It, of course, the diet had something to do with it. 